Now, one of the things that did come in uh, during this week to talk about today on Unscripted was something that got us all thinking. It's an email and I'd love you to share your thoughts on this one with this listener, but indeed with me. Uh, It says, hi, Kira. There is an issue causing division between me and my husband that I don't want to back down on. My son, who's only eight, wants to walk to school with his friends. I think he's too young and I still want to bring him to school in the mornings. My son is very annoyed with me about this and says that I'm embarrassing him and his other friends in the estate walk to school in a group. My husband thinks I'm overreacting and we should let him have this little bit of independence. I don't want to back down, but am I being too overprotective? And that's from uh, Alison, who's based in Dublin. So. What 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 do you guys think? Is Alison being overprotective? Um, is her husband right and she should give that little bit of freedom? Does it make him more uh, independent and self-confident or is her son too young? What, what do you think? He's obviously not going to walk by himself. He's going to walk with friends. I suppose there's questions around what age are the friends? What do the friends go every day? All that stuff. But what do people do with their own kids and what do they think, you know, in general is a good idea? Um... I'm not even going to tell you what I think. I'll tell you a little bit later on what I think. But I'm going to go, first of all, to someone who does listen to the show, but also comes on and chats to me sometimes on the show, which is Jen Hogan, who is, of course, a journalist and mother of a million children. Um, Jen, you're very welcome. Thank you, Kira, And happy birthday. Oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah, thanks very much. Now everyone knows. Yeah, everyone knows. OK, fair play. <laughs> I was trying to not. Anyway, you're very good. Now I'm embarrassed. Um, what do you reckon about this eight-year-old? He lives in an estate. There's other little pals who are walking to school in the morning and are allowed to go unaccompanied. He wants to join in with the pals. He wants to go. Dad says, yeah, let him off. Mum says, no, I, I can't. It's, it's too small. What, what, what do you reckon about all of this? Well, amongst my millions of children, I actually have an eight-year-old. So I suppose it's, <laughs> you'll always find, chances are I have a child at that yes. age. And I, I have an eight-year-old and he walks to school with his little brothers. Uh, or with his big brothers, I mean. Um, and he walks home with his big brothers. And his older brothers are 12 and 10. And we live, I suppose, in fairness. We walk to school if I'm going down in the mornings because of a junior infant as well who couldn't be trusted in yeah. fairness to walk on his own. But we, they, they can come home alone and we walk every single day. Now, my eight-year-old is the sort of kid who follows the rules, you know. Like, yeah, and, yeah. And I suppose that's what I think I mean there's so many different variables at play when I look at where are the distance that we have from our house to the school there's no main roads involved the only road they'd have to cross is within our own housing estate and there's a lollipop lady then as they get close to the school and I actually reckon if you're going to start testing the waters that the school run is probably the best place to start testing them because there's loads of parents around you know yeah. it's, it's the sort of opportunity where there are other people watching and you know yourself if you see a child who's maybe doing something a little bit precarious or um, is distracted or so you just feel something could happen as a parent you naturally intervene sorry love mind you don't hurt yourself yeah. pets come in. You, know, you just do these sort of things without even thinking it's just instinctive and inherent in us once we become parents and um, and adults even and lots of the parents would obviously know my kids even from knowing the older kids or younger yeah. kids we have kids in different classes and I know I suppose that they're there I get great comfort in that and we have that short distance. Now, my eight-year-old is my fifth child. Would I have allowed my first child to do that? Probably not. Because she, I suppose, you know, the first child is the one that you're testing. Yeah. That even is the is, is 
something that your all eldest children complained about that they are, that were kind of stricter and more restrictive on what they were allowed to do. And I remember she wasn't even allowed to go to the top bar road and go around the corner and call for a pal because she was out of my line of vision then. And so anything could happen, anything as far as I was concerned. So I, I have shifted and changed my view on that because I suppose experience and risk assessment and general common sense that comes with experience and learning, you know, what your kids are capable of and what they're not capable of. But the biggest determining factor for me is my eight-year-old's personality. I know he's not likely to go away from what he's what's expected yeah. of him. I know he's not. I have a five-year-old and at the moment, I reckon when he's eight, there is no chance of me able to not let things change completely, you know. He's distracted by everything. He'd be gone like a shot in the opposite direction. Yeah. One, one is a great rule follower. The other believes that the rules are there to be broken and challenged. And, you know, it's just, that's the joys of kids. They're all different and you do have to take so many different things into account. But if there's pals going, you know, they've got that kind of company. I think that would be great for the little boy. He's not, he's not going alone. And there is the ability, as opposed to, you know, the WhatsApp group that get the bad name and the bad rap because you've got 30 parents all saying the same thing and thanks for inviting somebody to the party and um, that's all going through the WhatsApp group and, and you can be a little bit negligent and kind of ignore and mute your WhatsApp group for that. But you can also make smaller groups that are of groups of parents that have um, children of a similar age or that are and living ask. around and are walking together. And that means if somebody's sick and not going, because I know that was pointed out, what if the child is supposed to be walking but yeah. isn't walking and then you find out that Johnny's walking on his own and you thought they were going to have somebody there. That's just so easily rectified. I think, I mean, if the dad is saying that he's happy with it, I assume he's looking at the child's personality and taking that all into account and their capabilities. I know eight is young. I know it is. And definitely I'm looking at my own. He's my fifth kid. It is very different. You do loosen the reins. You do relax an awful lot the more you have. But it would be silly not to take kind of the experience that you learn on your tester child at the beginning and, and apply it, like apply the common sense and experience that comes with it. I think, I think it. you're right. I think there's a lot of common sense. Like lots of people are texting. James says, I think Alison is overprotective. Her son's going to be with friends, not in his own. In my day, going to school on your own at the age of eight was normal. And, mm. I, and I think it was when my day too. Lynn says the child is walking alone no matter how many children are doing it. If your child is going without you, they're alone. It depends on the child. My eight-year-old, no way. But my 10-year-old, this is like what you said, could have probably been trusted to do it mm-hmm. at six you have to mm-hmm. be sure because the alternative my, my kids walk to school by themselves and there's two of them um, oh, there's more than that but there's only two of them going off to mm-hmm. primary school and one is nine and one is twelve and, and they go fine together I don't let the nine year old go alone I still don't let him go alone right. but he, I totally let him go with his brother and I kind of started letting them go on their own around 10 or 11 it depended mm. on the on the individual, but certainly at that stage, sure. I mean, they they knew how to cross the road. I I tend not to focus on the stranger danger thing. I don't think that's any worse today than it ever was in our day. You, you know what I mean? I, yeah. I, and when you look at the school run, that's that's nearly where they're more they're they're nearly safer and yeah. more because of the number of parents that are around. Number of parents, parent, number of kids. That's it. They're not not every parent is in a position that they can walk to school. They're living a distance away, so they're parking in the general locality, even and walking from their car to the school even whatever it is that parents are around and so there is that kind of a safety thing that you can't underestimate I certainly feel more comfortable we would have the situation the other way around the odd time where the 12 and 10 year old might be invited on a play date and the 8 year old go I can walk home completely alone I am more nervous than I am because he doesn't have his brothers there but at the same time I have allowed him to do it. I might decide, look, shall I walk towards you and start walking towards me because we're free and easy and that usually tends to be a Friday and it's that little bit easier. And I might say, but he is not likely to... He He's going to just come straight home. He's still going, even if he's officially walking without his brothers, 
you set little pals that live nearby and they're walking that distance too. Tess are even walking with another mother. He kind of joined on to the group. But I do think the school, as you say, has, a, has an inherent safety because there's lots of parents, yeah. lots of kids, but also even drivers and all kind of tend yeah. to know they're approaching a school. Yeah. You drive a little differently. It's it's a hub of children. It's nearly uh, that safest place to yeah. test the waters. It really is nearly yeah, the yeah, safest yeah. opportunity. I mean, but again, I mean, you do have to, it does matter the distance and the roads involved and all that. But the general school area, it's nearly the safest place to test the water. Yeah. I lo- anyway. A lot, a lot of people text and someone says, Sonia, it depends on how far away and how many roads mm. to cross. I think that's true. You wouldn't let them walk yeah. 10 miles, course, obviously. Nope. Uh, and someone else is so funny. You're just, this is interesting. So funny. You're discussing this. My 13 year old wants to stay home alone next weekend when I'm away. I've no idea what to do. I don't think I'd leave 13 home no, alone. No, me either. No. Um, I, I, Yes, I definitely wouldn't anyway. The no, responsible one, I'd be worried about them and the irresponsible one, I'd be terrified about them. So <laughs> I, I just wouldn't do it. Yeah, I think 13 staying at home alone, it's a long... I mean, but a 13-year-old staying in the house for a couple of hours is, is one thing, but... Uh, yeah, alone, I, yeah uh, exactly. in the house alone is fine for a bit, but, but yeah. yeah, I wouldn't yeah. even leave 15 home alone because I, I... No, me either, actually, no. And <laughs> 16, 17, I'm starting to go maybe, but it depends on the child, etc. But mm-hmm. no. And who I can get to check in on. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> they're not really going to be able, they might think they are, but I'm, there's, there's somebody checking in on them. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm with you on that one. Definitely. I did let my nine-year-old... He's walked home from school once or twice by himself when there was confusion that there was supposed to be a play date and there was nobody mm. around. Anyway, long story short, he ended up walking home and he was totally fine. Nothing happened, but he was a bit he was a bit worried about it himself. But I did let him once. Now, I live shooting distance from the nearest mm. su- little supermarket. I li- I, Super Value's around the corner for me. I let him go once by himself to get milk to see how he got on. And, and I timed him and everything because I was a bit worried myself. But I thought he needs to do this and he went yeah. and he came back very speedily I'd say he sped there and sped mm-hmm. back with the milk and delighted with himself yeah. um, but he said interestingly you had the little head works he said to me that he was he was walking along and he said look at me I'm out in the world on my own and he said and then he said and then I thought to myself no one would be bothered hassling a kid I'm okay and he obviously was having this whole conversation in his head but he was totally grand and and he and he then he kind of liked it he kind of thought yes Yes. I I can do this and he he said I was kind of nearly strutting on the way to the shop which I love it yeah independence you know and it is so important you do we do have to kind of gradually let them have that little bit of independence and um, you know not wrap them in cotton wool and it is hard like it's hard when you're so worried and they're so oblivious to the danger you know that there is that but the dangers I think sometimes we completely overestimate them you know and we we catastrophize potential situations and we just think things could go worse than they are and the reality is most of the time they're going to be, it, it's a balance it's a balance I suppose only any parent can make for their own child yeah. themselves knowing all the different variables yeah. and no, listen, situations you're a rock of sense Jen as you always are that is Jen Hogan there who is not mother of millions but is mother of seven <laughs> uh, that sounds like mother of dragons you sound like you're from Game of Thrones but anyway look, and you actually are like mother of dragons in fairness um, we're talking thank you Jen we're talking about what age you should let your child go out and about in their own. We got an email saying a little boy of eight wants to walk to school with his buddies from the housing estate to the near, I think, nearby school. Um, should that be OK or not? Husband says, yes, go. Mum says, no, I'm, I'm nervous. Uh, one texter says, tell that woman to stop Molly coddling her son. Of course he's old enough and he would be going in a group. The fact is he's willing to walk rather than being lazy and taking the easy life is brilliant, especially in this day and age when we're trying to teach our kids about the health and the environment there'll be loads of other parents around so people will look out for each other it is a great learning experience to start giving him the chance to gain independence 
I'm kind of on that page too, I think. But Lucinda's on the line, um, one of our listeners. Lucinda, what do you think? What age is the right age to, to let your kids have a little bit of independence? Um, I definitely agree with most of what Jen said as well and yourself, Kira. Like, I think it definitely depends on personality. That's very important. Um, I know it can be a scary prospect, but I, th- I do think it's important to be practical so if the mum wants to put uh, her own fears, um, you know, allay her own fears, she can travel the route with him. It sounds like she does walk that route with him anyway and discuss the route and discuss where to cross and, you know, what what could happen? What will you do if such and such a thing happens? And, you know, go through scenarios that she might be uh, worried about. So maybe if she if she identified her own fears and worries and kind of like addressed them in, in um, one by one, how, how how will he cope with this? How will he deal with this? So deal in other words, this? are you saying, say to him, what would you do if a car came speeding? and you, yeah. Or what would you do if a man stopped you and offered you a puppy? Or, the, you, know, yeah. you know, the scary things that people worry about. Yeah. And then um, travel the route with him. Um, you can even walk behind him a bit and see how he handles the route on his own. I think there's a compromise here because maybe um, she can practice this with him um, for the rest of the school term. And then in September agree that he can walk with his friends so that he has that little bit that little bit of extra time to get used to the whole thing like if she if she's worried about jumping in and just saying yes go and just doing something all of a sudden she can she can practice it with him she can put put in her own safeguards and um and then agree that in September he can walk with his pals because really she's got two months left to um to kind of like yeah, get him set and end, get him practicing and all year. that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, um, I, I totally agree. I, I totally agree. It's very, and there is a difference, isn't there? Different children, like some children wouldn't maybe be capable at eight. They might be too flibbity jibbity or some kids could buy and sell you at eight and would be very, you know, very copped on. in, in ton- And also it does depend on the road you live on and how close your school yeah, like, is and all sorts. Yeah, my own son, he walks to school. Now, he didn't start until he was 10 or 11 because uh, his dad was walking him and, and his brother, but then things changed and he walks on his own now. But he's got a couple of major junctions to cross on busy roads. Yeah. And, you know, we just made it really, really, really clear that he has to cross at those pedestrian crossings. And if we find out he's not crossing at those pedestrian crossings, you know, we drill him again. Somebody's going to have to walk with him. But he walks with peers now, and some of his peers are younger their younger brothers and sisters of his pals as well. I think it's a good way to learn how to be independent and, you know, like to deal with situations when you don't have an adult around. You know, it helps you grow up. I think so too. Listen, do you know what I think we shouldn't do? We shouldn't tell children they're less capable than they actually are. I mean, whatever about, you know, putting heaping responsibility on them that's more than they're capable of, that's not a good thing either. But when kids say to you, I'm able to do this, I'm able to chop a carrot, I'm able to walk... 400 yards to the school I'm able to do these things us kind of infantilizing them and pretending to them and maybe to ourselves that they're, that they're more babyish than they actually are teaches them well, that, that life is, is beyond them in a way that I'm not sure is a good thing Well our job as parents in my opinion is to teach your children to be independent not to be dependent on you yeah. so you know that's our job to teach them how to go out into the world and how to look after themselves and how to crossroads and use a dishwasher and cook yeah. their own meals and stuff like that. It's not to, do, to be dependent on your parents or not to feel confident to do things by yourself. Like, that's, that's our job as parents. So if you put in the safeguards in place... And make them feel capable. It, be rational about it. Like, you know, what, what's really going to happen here? Like, I know that there's fears in your head. Um, 
when everybody's letting their own children out for the like I have a uh, I have a six year old and you know I want him to go out on the green to play but I, I'm worried about bigger kids picking on him or him oh, I know crossing the road and all that kind of stuff but at the same time you have to think to yourself. You know, what's really going to happen and what can he do if these things do happen? He yeah. can come straight home if he wants. You also can't no. wrap them completely in no. in cotton wool. You know what I mean? Because they have to they have to grow up and be equipped for life and, and the world and what goes with it. Yeah, and time with peers. It's very precious. You don't get it so often these days because, uh, you know, play dates and everything. There's parents everywhere. So, like, the opportunity to be with his pals on their own in an unsupervised um, yeah I think yeah, yeah, no, yeah there's, I think that's really important yeah you're right there's a value in it listen thank you you're, that's a really yeah. good point what Lucinda said there is very true unsupervised time with your peers as a kid we they don't get it as much anymore because they play in each other's houses rather than on the road which we used to do we used to have uh, is it called free play I don't know if that's the right term but you know we used to do that stuff People don't do that anymore. It's all organised and, and, and sort of supervised. And isn't some of the magic of childhood in the little bits of, you know, you find conquerors along the way and all that stuff. It's it's good. Um, Lynn says, my 10 year old is allowed to walk to the shop with her brother and her friend. Uh, my 12 year old goes to the shop downtown for the club and walks the dog alone and doesn't even ring a phone. My eight year old, no, too young. But I don't let them walk together either because I won't make the older two responsible for the youngest. That's not fair. And that's an interesting point that a lot of people are saying oh if you're going with an older sibling you're grand but that's a lot of responsibility um, I don't know what do you think about that someone else says I'm sure there's a parent who could drop Mammy a quick text to say Johnny has arrived safe and sound uh, that's probably true too that there's probably a support network at the school um, someone else says I think Alison is being too protective I'm guessing she's afraid to give up this role because it might make her feel redundant Hmm, I wonder is there something in that Alison let us know do you feel your your mammying job is is being eroded I also thought it was interesting what Alison said she doesn't want to back down I was wondering partly was it she was taking a stand with her husband as much as anything to do with the walking uh, don't know if I'm right or wrong there um, someone says Kira, would the dad feel differently if the eight year old was a girl I don't know and someone else says here's an example of a good role a good male role model men will allow children to take risks more and you need a parent to push a child into taking some risks risks that you're able for females have a protective nature this is positive masculinity yeah I'm kind of with the dad so I don't know if it's but anyway yes 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 basically and Neil is on the line Neil what do you reckon about the eight year old heading to school with the pals in the morning good idea bad idea well, how are you doing, Kira? Happy Friday, happy birthday, the weekend starts here. So, uh, <laughs> Thanks, I Neil. Actually pretty quick, yeah. <laughs> uh, but in terms of eight-year-olds, uh, re- now I'm coming at it from a, a different uh, angle here. Um, everyone's being very grown up, very responsible with great ideas. I'm going to ruin that now. Go on, with, do with, it. With my thoughts on it. I remember being an eight-year-old, and I remember that I was uh, driven to the gates of school. Now, it wasn't because my parents were overly protective of me or were worried about me, it was because they thought there was a risk that if they didn't bring me to the building, I wouldn't go into the building. <laughs> and and was there? A massive risk, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and they were absolutely correct, as most parents are. So, you know, again, my, my sister probably could have been allowed walk all the way to school and she would have gone in. She was the more responsible of the two of us. But that might be part of what the conversation uh, with, the, with these parents are uh, in the email. Uh, you know, obviously you can't go into a lot of detail in an email to a radio station, but maybe that's part of it too. Uh, I just remember being an eight-year-old, not wanting to go to school. And if I was walking with a group of my mates and one of them said, should we go 
down the park or we go somewhere else instead. We could probably get away with a day or two off school without our parents finding out and using the wooden spoon on us. So you reckon wooden yeah, the wooden spoon was, was the methodology in our house the good too. Old, the good old days. But yeah. are, are you, are, so you're saying like one of the reasons to bring your kids to school is to stop them from mitching basically, isn't it? Or whatever. Yeah, we, well, we, we say mitching and going on the hop. I think they call it something else now, but I can't remember what it is. Yeah, I, I, many, many words. Yes, none of them that uh, I got away with ever. But uh, yeah, so like, I think that might be part of it. But again, everyone is different. And I think it is di- like another angle for me is driving past schools in the morning. You can see it's not I don't think people should be necessarily worried about as much about something happening to their kid in terms of someone stealing their kid because of there's so many parents yeah, around true. and I and everyone. I would be worried about kids walking to school with the bad driving around school. Oh, yeah. That's the danger. Like when, when we, the odd time I'd walk to school or if you'd walk to school, there were less cars on the road. You know what I mean? So like, there were, uh, maybe there was more drink involved back in the good old days. But I don't know. But Traffic the, the is driving, worse. You're not wrong. Traffic, traffic is, is definitely horrific. worse. Just everyone should just drive past the school first thing in the morning and you would never let your kid walk to school. <laughs> never. It's crazy. The I, like, I like that you take the definitive position. Yeah, the lollipop lady nearly gets run down beside my house <laughs> and she's trying to help. <laughs> All right. I love it. Thank you, Neil.